This stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy the icon, Burrow! Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome along to Not Another Fight Cast with your favourite coach Andy Burrows and me, Phil Campbell. This episode is sponsored by absolutely fucking nobody. So feel free to give us a shout, get on board if you'd like to be part of Not Another Fight Cast. Andy, how's it going buddy? Not too bad folks, just want to let you know I now have a Facebook page up and running, it's just Not Another Fight Cast on the usual anti-social media of Facebook and also Instagram, so please like and share. And also, if you can, go to Pinecast and subscribe to the podcast. I'm having a few issues at the minute with iTunes. I believe it's down to my artwork. Well, technically not my artwork. One of the guys who's helped us out quite a lot along with Paddy Mooney, and he's helped me out with a wee bit of artwork, and I just can't get it to fit into iTunes at the minute. So I'm having a bit of an Apple problem. Incidentally, if any technically-minded genius out there want to help me out with that, I'm more than willing to accept advice. So please do send me a message on either Not Another Fightcast on Facepest and also again on Instagram. But once again, folks, thanks very much for tuning in. And let's get the ball rolling, Phil. Anything you would like to let us know about? So what we're going to do, we're going to start off with a little bit of news, stories that I find particularly interesting. Do a quick review of UFC 240, look ahead to the upcoming UFC fight night, and maybe touch a little bit on the recent event that was Brave Combat Federation 24 from London. Sound good, mate? Sounds perfect, yeah. The first thing I'd like to kind of touch on is what is next for our very own Conor McGregor. Recently, he's been kind of touted um, as coming out and perhaps having a fight with Jose Aldo um, at UFC 244 in Madison Square Garden. Now, looking at it objectively, do you think that's the right kind of fight for him? You know, what else is there out there for him? I know that the the Masvidal fight has been um, rubbished, let's say, mm. by Dana White, but I think that's all smoke and mirrors. What do you think, mate? Uh, I think Aldo's a poor fight for him. I think he doesn't need to go back and fight Aldo again. Okay. I also think all for it's a terrible fight for Aldo, especially moving up. McGregor's the, by far the bigger man. Mm-hmm. And also he's proven last time he has the power to switch out lights against a guy like Aldo. I think for Connor, if he is going to come back to MMA, where there's still that, it's still hanging in the balance, he really needs a fight that they're going to get the public interested in. I think maybe the Brazilian public will be interested in the Aldo fight, but I don't yeah. think the American and worldwide audience are going to buy into that. I think if he's going to go again, he's going to have to go with Masvidal. And I also think the other dance partner that he gels well with again is Diaz. Now, whether or not we know yeah. Diaz's book with Pettis, but we have to work out if that pans out well for Pettis then Diaz is out of the equation straight away or does he jump into the mix but I think personally Masvidal's a way to go I think Masvidal's a guy hot prospect at the moment that's the way to go what's his motivation to come back you know what's you know what's the hook because he's what did he say he said fighting is his third income so he's smashing it with a whiskey he's got the, the McGregor fit program you know, he has no real reason to to come back. He's set for life. You know, he had said previously that, you know, as as main motivation was was money, he would spend his money so that he had to fight again. Yeah. He's set for life. What you know, what's the hook that brings Conor McGregor back to fighting? Is it ego? Is it testosterone? What could it be? Uh I, I genuinely don't know. I, I actually can't see a reason why Connor's gonna come back. Um, a man once said it's very difficult to get out of bed and go run at five in the morning when you're sleeping in silk, silk sheets. sheets yeah. I gotta tell you, I'm sure Connor's house is literally dripping with silk sheets. So I don't see his motivation behind this. It, it, there could be an ego factor involved. It could be the fact that he maybe misses the limelight. It could be the fact that he's blown all his money and he needs to find some way of recouping some income. I don't believe that, but I do believe that he will maybe come back. I know it's hanging in the balance, but I do think that in this respect, I think... <laughs> It shouldn't be Aldo. It should definitely be Masvidal or it should be Diaz, depending on the outcome of the Diaz-Pettis. Now, Dana White's come out and he said that Masvidal's too big for Conor at 170. 
That's 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 horseshit because yeah, that's people garbage. people forget Masvidal uh, was a one fifty five or for a very long time mm-hmm. started his career at one fifty five and Bellator moved over to the UFC as a one fifty five or you know logistically I reckon he's walking around maybe one eighty one eighty five he's he's not cutting a lot to make that one seventy limit he's been successful there granted yeah but you know I'd say Diaz is probably a bigger man. Diaz is, is bigger than Masvidal, yeah, 100%. And I think Masvidal, I, we discussed this before, and I said that Masvidal's last two fights have really turned him into the most touted prospect in MMA. Yeah, he's hot property. He's, 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 he's hot right now. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, pulling a sword out of the stone with that knockout over uh, Ben Askren, his, yeah. his absolutely fabulous win against Dar- our very own Darren Till, which, again, I feel kind of sorry for Darren there. Um, obviously, Darren does cut a great deal of weight, and he's coming up against a guy who wasn't cutting a lot of weight. I mean, that was a phenomenal finish, and I think that that had really set him on this road to, if he wants an MMA superstar, he's been around for so long, he's had so many fights, but yet it's the last, if you want, the last 10 minutes of his combat sports career yeah. has propelled him now to where he should have been maybe five, six years ago. So is that just a little bit of gamesmanship then from, from Dana White to try, and, to try and poke the bear, if you will, to try and appeal to Conor McGregor's ego? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he did the same thing with Diaz and McGregor. Everybody thought, oh, Diaz is going to be too big at welterweight. Conor, yes, lost the first fight, but came back and obviously dominated Diaz at welterweight in the second fight, really took him apart. I think he put him down something five slash six times. Mm. Outstanding performance from Conor. And those dance partners that he has at that weight, I think, in Diaz, is probably the one that's going to make Conor the most money. It is the triple threat fight that people do want to see. Yeah. And I think Conor would be crazy not to jump on that bandwagon. If, if he wants to make money, if he, if he wants to make the money, he said he's absolutely smashing it with a whiskey. Yeah. He's got that Conor Fit program. He's got that Mac Life rubbish that he squirts all over the internet. As you can tell, not that I'm not his biggest fan. I'm a big fan of most Irish mixed martial artists, but I said it before, I'd rather wa- I would literally rather snort a line of tramp pubes than watch this worldwide Conor McGregor tour again. That's <laughs> nauseating, cringeworthy rubbish. I don't want to see it. I don't think it's good for the sport. And yes, it, it's good for Conor's bank balance. It's good for the other guy's bank balance. So, But I don't want to watch it. I just It, it bores the life out of me now. I'm sick of that gimmick. I mean, Ric Flair did it first. Vince McMahon's done it second. Connor's just copying those two guys, and I, I think he's a poor version of both. Ah, right, well, it's fairly definitive, Andy. I think we can safely move on from that. Cheers. Yeah, I'm dead. I like Connor and I, yep. So, moving on. Brendan Lochnan, uh, pound for pound, probably the best featherweight in Europe. Recent signee to the Professional Fighter League. He's come out uh, in a recent Eurobash podcast and says that he harbours no ill will towards Dana White over not getting a contract off the back of what was a stellar performance on the Dana White Contender Series. He says he harbours no ill will, he has no animosity towards Dana White. Do you think that's genuine or do you think that's Brendan thinking with a business savvy head on? I think that's Brendan being very, very business savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's right to do it too, 100%. I mean, he needs a shop window. Brendan's in the shop window now yeah. in the PFL. It's very, very popular. Not only that, he's got a chance to win a million dollars. I mean, six fights, this man could come away. Is it even six fights? He can come away with one million dollars. Mm-hmm. So why would he not do that? If he earns a million, he's a PFL champ. That gives him more cards to bring to the team. Gives him leverage. Yeah, the massive amount of leverage. People want to see that. People are going to be... Anybody who knows the fight game didn't understand how the PFL... I didn't really understand how the seasonal thing worked with mm-hmm. the PFL, but I like the tournament value. Yeah. Same with what Bellator did. I like the tournament value. And a tournament winner is a winner overall. And people want to see that tournament winner then in bigger and bigger matchups. And I think that, for him, is good. He's, he's leaving the door open. He's also saying that he's willing to work elsewhere. So I think it's a great move. Good well, for him. As, as far as I'm aware, the PFL is predicated on a point system. So you get points for a win, but you get extra points for finishing early. You get extra points for a knockout. And it's almost like a league table. So if you yeah. qualify within, I don't know, the top four, then that's split into a bracket. You go semi-final, final, something right. like that. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's the winner of the PFL gets $1 million. And it's not $1 million or bust. You know, you could you know, finish runner-up and still come away with hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of you're still getting a, a huge, huge chunk of cash. So, I mean, I, that's more than what he's going to earn in his first few fights in the UFC. Yeah, because... Plus, I still think the PFL allows sponsorships. Do they still Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's going to so. make big money off the back of that. So, yeah, all in all, I think, you know, despite the... I think he's he's probably got a shitload more Facebook, Instagram followers now off the back of that fight yeah. and the kind of buzz that that, uh, that, that created because, you know, a, a plethora of high-profile... You know, combat sports athletes came out, uh, you know, in favour and in support of Brendan Lochnan. So, yeah. you know, not getting a contract with the UFC could potentially be one of the best things that's ever happened in his Might career. Be his 
if you want his propeller, his project, his his, his you could project him onto a bigger stage, a bigger screen. For most people, you know, he would be if you want an early card fighter in the UFC at yeah. best. But he could come out of this as a mid carder, upper card. He could yeah. end up walking into the way the MMA can work. He could end up walking into a main event here and coming out with a million pounds, so a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I think it's a good move. I think it's a big business savvy move. It's a clever move, and I think it's a right move. No, that's fair. Here, Andy, check us out for a segue. Speaking about fighter pay. Oh, <laughs> seamless. So seamless. I wanted to break down a little bit of the fighter pay in uh, the top earners at UFC 240. So you had the champion, Max Holloway, making a successful defense of his belt, coming away with $390,000. Frankie Edgar, a perennial contender in the lightweight and featherweight division, coming away with $280,000. Cyborg, coming away with uh, $145,000. Then the other fixture in that co main event, Felicia Spencer, former Invicta featherweight champion which you know for people who don't know is the preeminent uh, female mixed martial mm-hmm. arts organization came away with $17,500 that is borderline criminal from Dana hang your giant head in shame now, I know you're listening so you really need to be disappointed in yourself it is appalling Felicia Spencer was a stunning performance um, in my opinion kind of exposed Cyborg a bit she hit Felicia Spencer with virtually everything yeah. that she had left and she couldn't get her out of there and Spencer's competitive to the end and again she's not coming away with a win bonus out of that no. so and she's going to then obviously have to pay her coaches pay her sparring partners pay her trainers pay for nutrition pay for where she lives pay taxes in that state pay taxes in her own state she's not going to make a great deal of money out of that for such an appalling fight or an amazing fight but an appalling amount of pay that she's getting for it so break that down into real money break that down into sterling you're talking about £14,398 yeah. now People, you know, on the face of that, people think, what, for, for 15 minutes work? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you've just broken down where that money goes. You've just yeah. broken down that, you know, potentially she's coming away with, I'd say she'd be lucky to be coming away with maybe 10 grand. Yeah, and for somebody who can only go to work three, maybe four times a year. That's boring. a very modest earning. Yeah, very modest it's an living. incredibly mo- modest earning. And especially for a professional living, sports person. Professional athlete. You look at what, I mean, I don't like tying in mixed martial arts to other combat sports. Mm-hmm. But you look at what some of the basketball players, some of the foot, in our own country, some of the football players can earn, basketball players, NFL players in America. These guys and girls are earning astronomical sums of money. Yeah. Yet, but they're not taking the same risk that Spencer was taking in there with an absolute murderer such as Cyborg and coming away with such a small amount of money. I think it's a disgrace. I know, obviously, there was all this talk of her going and seeing Dana afterwards and being all this brilliant, oh, that's good, Felicia. Well, you know what? You know what else she would like? More money, not your praise. Give her more money. Give her what she deserves. Gender shouldn't come into this. Yeah. These ladies are putting on the same performance as the guys. And I do honestly believe that they deserve exactly the same pay. So, you know, in that ha- respect, Dana, pull the money out. A handshake, and a handshake and a pat on the back's class and everything, but it's not going to pay your fucking electricity bill. It isn't. It's nice to get recognition, but it certainly doesn't put food in your table. It doesn't pay your electricity bill. It doesn't pay for your car. It doesn't pay for your rent, your training partners. And if you get injured, it certainly doesn't pay your medical bills. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Moving on to another good news story, mm-hmm. this time in boxing. Dillian White's gone and fucked it. Pretty much, yeah. If it if that turns out true, Dillian White has really just pretty much destroyed his career. He's he's burned that bridge and he's now standing on the wrong side. Yeah. Um, now for for those of you that may not know, Dillian White coming off possibly the biggest win of his career against Rivas, he's been suspended his status as the WBC interim heavyweight champion has been suspended and his position as mandatory challenger to Deontay Wilder's legitimate heavyweight crown. Uh, that's been taken away because he has failed a preliminary drug test. Now, let's do a little bit of digging in, into Dillian White's history as a boxer. He failed a drug test in 2012 and was banned for two years until 2014 for knowingly, for sorry, for unknowingly taking uh, an illegal supplement. Should he be found guilty uh, this time around? He's he's provisionally looking at an eight-year ban. What does that do to his career? His career is finished. There's no other way around it. If he gets an eight-year ban, his career is finished. Unless he can prove that this was unknowingly an attempted supplement and he had no other way of, of ingesting this. But if he is found to have knowingly ingested a substance, a performance-enhancing drug, he is done. He has credibility already. could be in the toilet as far as boxing yeah. goes. And I mean, this is a guy that I have 
I was a big fan of that. I still am a big fan of Dylan. Let's not judge the man on her, uh, unfairly just yet. Yeah. I mean, he he really was the first guy to expose Anthony Joshua, hurting Joshua in their fight. Yes, he got stopped, but he was the first guy to, to really write a bit of a of a of script on how to put Joshua on the back foot. He has got outstanding performances. You look at the last performance there against Derek Chisora, his performances recent more recently against Joe Parker. The man has really set himself up to be one of the, the, the planet, the, the flat earth's more premier heavyweights. And yet, what do we have? We have him coming out once again with a failed drug test. Is this a problem for Dillian? Is he suffering in training? Does he need something extra? Or is this a something that he has ingested unknowingly and he has found himself now possibly looking at no other way of making money? But we're, we're, we're saying that you know he's he may have unknowingly ingested some sort of a supplement. As a professional sports athlete subject, to testing is it not your responsibility to know everything that's going into your body it is it, it is but again you're you're virtually trusting what supplementation that you're taking hasn't been made in a vat somewhere in some unscrupulous country okay and in that vat beforehand there hasn't been austerine there hasn't been carterine there hasn't been anabolic steroids there hasn't been some other performance enhancing drug mixed in that and you just happen to get the bottom level of that scoop now there's no way of proving that yeah there's nothing to say that Dillian hasn't done this and there's nothing to say conclusively so far that he has but it's sad because that was a great performance against Rivas too. I mean, that guy is not a dude who's knocking on the door. And that, now that, if you want, that performance is tainted. And ours other performance is tainted. Mm-hmm. And there's also talk apparently that Hearn might have known that he has tested positive and let that fight go ahead. Think about the damage that could have caused to Rivas if that's true. Don't be silly. A, a, no. a boxing promoter would never do anything shady. No, no. I don't think a fight promoter ever in the history of planet Earth has ever done anything shady. No. Like, Dare you? No, no way. I wouldn't believe that if it ever came out to be true. Even. But the, our uh, our news today is just filled with with joy, with yeah, joy yeah. and light and happiness. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving right on along, season one of the Almost Fighter was class, wasn't it? Wonderful. Love so there's a guy on it called Alex Shonar. By all sort of stretch, by all sort of machinations, he was a, you know a pretty decent fighter. Finished his career uh, fifteen and ten. A couple of fights in the so, UFC. Has the stories to tell the mm-hmm. grandchildren. Um, he's now transitioned into stunt work he's now a stunt man so fair play to him he's got an income coming in went to an audition for some sort of a stunt project and uh, you know the director pitched it to him it's okay here's a gun with blanks in it you and this girl are going to kick a door in say some really cool line uh, and then we'll just cut there so he gets his gun with blanks in kicks in the door pew 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 ah fuck director shouts cut he's like what happened the girl behind me just shot me in the fucking back Oh. <laughs> now, now, I'm only laughing because he's okay, but could you imagine? So you've gone in, you think, yeah, I'm going to smash the shit out of this. I'm going to be the next Arnie. I'm going to be the next Jason Statham, the next Rock. Next thing, you, sh- you quite literally get shot in the fucking back. That is utterly, utterly horrendous. So now he's suing the production company, uh, JMP Productions. Uh, so he's going to sue them for... Uh, I'm going to say like a decent whack of coin. I like. would hope that they really are no longer a production company after that. I mean, that dude's ability to walk, his life was placed on the line by somebody who doesn't know how to check a firearm. I'm not saying I would, but I mean, literally, I mean... But if you're on set, you should be checking this yeah, shit. Yeah, you really kind of should. And not only that, I mean, I hope he comes out with whatever he gets out of that good, good amount of money. Simply his life been placed in danger, but it sounds absolutely fucking horrendous. Like literally, like the crow or something. You remember Brandon oh, Lee? Shit, yeah. yeah, something very similar to that. So some, like I mean, but again, because he's fine, we can laugh at it. Yes, because he's he's, he's not crippled and he's okay. not dead, we can laugh. We can't so laugh that's at Lee. that's that's the general rule. As long as they're okay. As long as they're okay. So like when you see an old lady fall, as soon as she gets up, it's okay to it's have fine. a ha ha. It's fine, but not at the time, not at the material time. So that's perfectly giggle worthy. Giggle worthy after if she's fine. I pray giggle worthy. Yes. All right, no problem. Moving on, uh, back to the UFC. Corey Anderson, ranked number eight in the UFC light heavyweight division, 12 and four, has come out and said he wants to fight Johnny Walker at UFC 244 in Madison Square Garden for a number one contender style fight. What do you make of that? Uh, Corey Anderson, great fighter. Johnny Walker, incredibly exciting fighter. Yeah. I just don't think Corey Anderson has the credibility at the minute. That sounds terrible, Talk, say, talking about a UFC fighter's credibility. But he doesn't have that it factor. Um, last couple of wins have all been unanimous decisions. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 
but I mean, you're literally come up against probably one of the hottest prospects in the sport. I would I would challenge you a little bit there and say it's not necessarily credibility. I would replace that word with charisma. Yeah, yeah. I think completely. that because as you say, you know, look at his uh, his last three fights. Patrick Cummings, unanimous decision. Glover Teixeira, unanimous decision. Ilya Latifi, uh, unanimous decision. All quality guys. Brilliant fighters, especially Latifi at the end. They're a terrifying creature. But off the top of my head, you know, uh, those fights don't live long in the memory. No, I you couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm sure I did watch them. I guarantee I watched them, but I couldn't tell you any sort of moving parts of each one of those fights. I couldn't give you a breakdown of it. But then on the, on the transverse of that, you've got uh, Johnny Walker, uh, who's ranked number 12 in the light heavyweight division by the UFC, 17-3. and three. Looking at his last four fights, he got into the UFC with a dominant win against Luis Enrique De Silva on Dana White's Contender Series. Then he went on a tear, destroyed Khalid Roundtree in round one, destroyed Justin Ledette in round one, destroyed Misha Serkinov in round one. So, you know, he, he's... He's a very, very exciting fighter. Tall, rangy, little bit quirky, little bit interesting. Um, he's he's so dangerous he fucks himself up. Yeah, you doing know? the worm. Shout out to Scotty Too Hotty from WWF Attitude Era. <laughs> As he started to bounce out and do the worm, he's managed to cripple himself and end up the shoulder operation out of it. But I mean, you look at those names that he has put away in the first round. I yeah. mean, there is a question of his offensive and defensive wrestling simply because we haven't seen it yet. We don't know he do- he might have it. He might be amazing, mm. but we just haven't had the chance to see it yet. And with that, I just don't know if Corey Anderson crossed that bridge without getting seriously injured on the way in and then getting smoked in the first round. I just see that being the case. You know, good for Corey Anderson. As I said, a lot of moving parts are calling people out. What he's done, he's done the right thing. He's named the person. He said, I want this guy, and yeah. here's why I want him. He just hasn't said where. And if he gets the where out of the way and he gets that fight, good for him. I just don't think it's going his way. Well, the fight could go from the sublime to the ridiculous. You know, you could see a stunning first-round knockout from Johnny Walker, or that could be the fight where you go and make yourself something. Yeah, the, the hypno fight, as I like to call it, where you're literally about to fall asleep most of the time when you're watching it. So I think we're agreed, you know, that it, it, it could potentially be great, it could potentially be be a snore fest, but you only ever, re- and the light heavyweight division, because it's it's not particularly deep. It's not deep anymore. You know, you're you're only really one or two fights away from title contention. Yeah, gone are the days when you had, obviously, a, a vast division, you had Couture, you had Liddell, you had Ortiz. Sobra, Bobby Sobra. Sobra, terrifying animal. And then you had, obviously, then you have uh, Forrest Griffin, you had Stefan Bonner, then you had all the Rashad, Rampage. Shogun, Shogun, Machida, Machida. Look at that depth, and look at the depth today. There's not that many people. Three or four wins, you're getting a title shot. So you know, fair play to both guys. They're doing the right thing, but I just think that. So after a wee bit of uh, doom and gloom, do you fancy a bit of good news, Andy? I love good news. So we all know Nicholas Dalby, right? Yeah. Nicholas Dalby, a fantastic fighter and Cage Warriors interim champion, just coming off one of the bloodiest fights in Cage Warriors history, has just been re-signed to the UFC. That's a great move for Nick Dalby. The only thing is they should have signed Ross Houston with him. That was an awesome fight in Cage Warriors the last time out. If you haven't seen it, guys and girls, go and get yourself some YouTube. Go and find somewhere you can see this fight. The fight itself was actually stopped because they both were bleeding so badly. It was an awesome performance from both guys. Dolby's one of the most talented European fighters. And I would say him and also Ross Houston are inseparable at the minute. So I do think that that would be a good move if they were both signed together. So... Nicholas Dalby, 17-3-1 as a professional, coming off like a, a three-year absence from the UFC. has just been re-signed, and he's set to compete uh, on UFC Fight Night Copenhagen on September the 28th, as I say, in Copenhagen. Interestingly, he doesn't have an opponent. Ooh. So, hmm, if you were to put your thinking cap on, if you were to play matchmaker a little bit, who could he possibly fight? Ah, I would think if I were a matchmaker, I would look at that last fight and I would sign fucking Ross Houston virtually instantaneously (laughs) and put them straight back in. The story's written. The tale is already waiting for the second telling. Please put these two people together. And I I implore people to go and watch some of Ross Houston's other fights and implore people to go and watch some of Nick Dalby's fights. Mm -hmm. These guys are probably, they're top tier fighters. These are the top 10%, as I said before, on planet Earth of what mixed martial artists needs to look like and they're both from Europe so why not get them back in the cage together get them tell that story a second time round and let these two guys go again moving on to the fight that was UAFC 240 um, an enjoyable card excellent card really enjoyable great card really enjoyable card fantastic main event you had Max Holloway taking on Frank Yeager Max Holloway looked fantastic back at featherweight 
I think Featherweights his division I think going up was um, trial by fire I, don't, yeah. I think you know he's he doesn't carry um, he doesn't carry as much pop going up no. to, to 155 I think he's, he's the smaller guy and although it's only 10 pounds I do think lightweights do hit that a little bit harder they do it's a, it's the weight again we're, we're thinking these guys are the lightweights are some of these people are dropping maybe 10-15 kilos whereas Frankie Ever clearly isn't dropping any weight when he's fighting at lightweight and then when you see him now performing again at a lower weight, you can see the real Frankie Edgar. His fitness looked outstanding. My worry with Frankie is where does he go now? That's that's what I was going to ask you. Was, it, pff, Max Holloway, you know, he's he, he he runs the featherweight division, I think. Another couple of fights for for him there and then perhaps go up. I think he's going to fight Volkanovski next. I think that's the oh, fight to be made. What a fight. But for Frankie Edgar... He's, he, he has to go down to Bantamweight, hasn't he? I, I, I think if if he's smart and he wants to continue fighting, he even said at the end of the fight, I'm not done, I'm not done. Yeah. I, I, I find that difficult to listen to because you should never tell a man he can't earn money, but mm. I also do think that at this point in time in his career, he probably has had enough. He's done all he can do. He will go out into the sport of legend. He will be a Hall of Famer. He will have his place set in stone forever. But it's not like he's BJ Penn. He's like he's he's still, still looks he still looks competitive. He still looks competitive. He's still there. He still looks good. But I just could, he's never going to climb the mountain that is Max Holloway. So many times he, he starts in the bottom of that mountain, he's never getting to the top again. And I can't see, even if he's replaced by Volkanovski, I can't see Edgar getting to the top of that mountain either. I think he gets beat every time. Well, then why not drop to back? Because he looks smaller he than Holloway. So, so drop to 135. He has the, the kind of the credentials and the prestige and the name to throw him straight in for a title shot or or maybe fight your eye Faber whether I, that gets a I title shot Faber and then title shot if he's able to make that weight if he can I get down I, and he can make that weight Faber title shot I think he can make the weight no problem because mm-hmm. he, he, he looked grossly undersized at 155 and he looks like a small featherweight he looks well we all know how big Max Holloway is we know how much weight he comes that's well storied history from the the if you want the Khabib fight where yeah. that obviously the Khabib fight that never was when he really couldn't make the weight he struggled so much and we all saw the water drunk Max Holloway when Bisping called him out about it before too so we know he drops an awful lot of weight so I mean these guys are big when you see them and yet Frankie Edgar is not a big dude so he no. could probably make it down to that weight and maybe in, in essence start to build a wee bit more power he didn't look like he carried a lot of power he didn't look like he dominated or hurt Holloway in any stretch of the imagination he struggled with his takedown and Holloway's fitness was frighteningly good how good did Holloway's boxing look? His jab, it's its a beautiful jab. He just keeps it kind of by his hip and it's out of the eye line of his opponent and he just flicks it out and it sets up the straight perfectly. Uh, I, I also do think that was maybe a wee bit of a tactic from him, mm-hmm. keeping the jab hand a wee bit lower, expecting that shot from Frankie Edgar because we all have seen Frankie Edgar. Yeah, yeah, fantastic wrestling. And I think if he has that jab hand low, it also keeps it out of the eye line of Frankie and it also allows him to maybe get the hand in for an underhook quickly mm-hmm. if there is a shot, which we saw time after time from Frankie he did eventually score a takedown but it was, I think it was too little too late because by then most of the pop had gone out and the fight was already passing him by so scores across the board were uh, what were they 50-45 49-46 and 48-47 all in favour of Max Holloway I scored at 50-45 uh, I didn't save ground for Frankie either I don't yeah I, I couldn't really say, I think 49-46 is generous very generous I think 48-47 is fucking ridiculous yeah some people are watching a completely different fight they've switched off they were watching something on their phone because they certainly weren't watching that fight but anyway moving on to the co-main event Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer on the face of this many were expecting Cyborg just to go in and completely blitz Felicia Spencer but much to credit for Felicia Spencer stayed in she, you know, she looked. She looked great. She stayed in there. She hung in. She looked very, very tough. But tough doesn't win fights. If you're no. get, if you're getting beaten up, tough. Tough in that respect, it doesn't really win any fights. As I say, tough, tough, tough's not going to win you fights. Cyborg went in there and, and, and did what Cyborg does. She went in and she landed her her shots at will. She was going in there. She was essentially landing everything she wanted to. The only thing Cyborg didn't do in that fight was finish Felicia Spencer um, you're not going to win a fight just by virtue of the fact that you've absorbed a fuck ton of punches so scores rightly across the board were 30-27 times 3 yeah I can't see any other way but I think the person that's come out of that better in respect is Felicia Spencer we talked about her early on regarding the pay 
and she certainly does deserve that but also she showed what it is to be a proper fighter in that respect she was so fucking tough she didn't give up she, again she started to finish more in top positions as well she was looked excellent on the ground and I, I've said it before I think she exposed Cyborg a wee bit yeah. that frightening power that Cyborg carries it puts a lot of people off getting anywhere near the cage with her um, look at Jermaine Durand we wouldn't even go anywhere near her and for what a star that girl is so when you see someone like Felicia Spencer stepping up and, and really taking everything that Cyborg had to throw at her and yet not being finished, I think that she's come out of it looking better. I do think Cyborg will go on to face Nunez again, which I think is an absolute massacre if Nunez gets in the cage with her again. Nunez will absolutely destroy her. Now, that, that was the last fight on Cyborg's contract. So does she renegotiate? Does she sign with the UFC again? She said she needs an apology from Dana White for all the shit he said about her because let's, you know... Let's go back to and think about what he said. He said she looked like Vanderlei in a dress. Now on the face, on, yeah. on the face of it, that's a little bit funny. But then, well, then you think you're dealing with real people. Yeah. You, you can't be saying shit like that. Joe Rogan's also had a fucking dig at her on the podcast. Yeah, Joe Rogan. What, what Joe Rogan said basically, she cuts weight by cutting off her dick, mm. which to me is it's bo- it, it's absolutely vile. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast fan, and I'm I, I'm a big massive UFC fan. But I mean, Dana really does. You can't be sexist in any stretch of the imagination. In fact, you know what? You can be. You can be a dick if you like, but you shouldn't be. This girl is a competitor. She's a combat sports professional, and she deserves ultimate respect for doing what she does. Yeah. And to make fun of her, to make fun of her in a masculine way, and to call and to doubt her gender or, or what gender she classifies herself as is a cock move, a big dick move from both those guys. And you know what? Give her a fucking apology. And while you're at it, give her some more money. I don't. Um, I don't necessarily think Cyborg needs to resign with the UFC. I think. The, the UFC needs Cyborg more than Cyborg needs the UFC to validate that female 145 division. She could sign with Bellator. She could yeah. sign with Ryzen. One, she could sign Ryzen. with One. She could sign with Brave. There's a yeah. number of options there for her where she's going to make good money and probably be a little bit happier. But what do you do next with Felicia Spencer? Oh, that's a very good question. Felicia mm-hmm. Spencer. Well, taking out Megan Anderson was a good start. Yeah. Um, who seemed to be next in line for that shot. Uh, I mean, does Felicia's campaign for for a rematch with Cyborg if Cyborg resigns? Is that something she would look at doing? Personally, I think she needs to have some time off because that's a tough fight. Yeah. Um, a five rounder, or sorry, it was a three round fight, but it was a three round fight from hell. Um, but if you look at Felicia Spencer's record and you look at how she's now performing, she's yeah, like, seven and zero. Oh, she was going into that yeah, fight, seven, former Invicta, Invicta featherweight champion. I say I'm going to go a little bit left field and say throw her in with Katz and Gano. I think the Katzengano's last fight was at 145 against Megan Anderson. Yeah. They're, <clears throat> they're both coming off losses. Yeah. You know, a you know, she's a, she's a killer. So yeah. why not throw them why not throw them both in together and see where that lands? Because That's an excellent idea. 145 in the female division is pretty shallow. It's essentially a puddle. So you go in there, another win, and you put yourself front and centre again for a title shot. Well, that's actually probably one of the better ideas. I've, I I didn't think of Katzengano. I probably should have. Obviously, I felt very sorry for Katzengano after Megan Anderson. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Toe in the eye and all the controversy around it. She got a lot of shit about that, which she shouldn't have got. I mean, a finger goes in somebody's eye, everybody gives them oh, a high five and five minutes break, but you get a toe in the eye, you get called a card, and I don't think that's fair. And I do think then that maybe that is the right path for both those girls to yeah. get back really into that win column. Remember, anybody who hasn't, or is missing out on how good Katzengano was, go back and watch her fight with Amanda Nunes and watch how good that girl really is. She's yeah. absolutely outstanding. And that brutal, bone-chilling scream at the end that literally just chilled everybody and realised that she is a real fucking animal and a force to be reckoned with on her day. So moving right along to a feature by you have Jeff, Hands of Steel, hands spelt with a Z, so you know he's hard as fuck, uh, against Nico the Hybrid Price. Fantastic fight, you know, Jeff Neal is a devastating finisher, he does have heavy hands, and Nico Price is an absolute wild man. What are your thoughts on that fight? Excellent fight, one of the best fights on the card, yeah. really, really excited from bell to bell, so I mean, both guys, I don't think anybody comes out of that with a bad mark beside their name, I mm. mean, it's so exciting that people are going to remember that fight, so I, I don't, I know obviously, yes, Neil comes out with the win, and maybe Price takes a step or two down the ladder, but I don't think it damages him overall. I thought we had seen a double knockout in that fight. You know, like, uh, like the head coming yeah, together. I I was only on the replay. I realized yeah. that it, it was heads. I thought they both caught each other with something and had both dropped each yeah. other. Like the 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 best double knockout I've seen it was two bald dudes I don't remember their name but Shoney Carter was the referee uh, and Shoney Carter lost his shit but I thought we had seen that but to speak to to Jeff Neen's ground and pound it was Tito Ortiz-esque it very, was 
inside the guard, slipping the hips, just turning the hips over, smashing with elbows. It looked absolutely fantastic. And he's really proven himself to, to be a legitimate threat in the welterweight division. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, a guy who's gigantic for that weight. He Huge is, for him. Oh, frightening. I don't know how these people can make this weight. It, it, it's one of those. It's actually, you know what, that is a topic. But whenever you see a person like that, unleash that sort of fury. That is un- unleash that sort of power. And Nico Price is legit. <laughs> Nico Price is an absolute beast. I, I think that there's something to be said for that sort of Tito Ortiz ground. But he's, he's kind of old school in the way he was doing yeah, it. Yeah, from inside the guard inside too, yeah. Guard. But there was no danger from the mm. guard. I, did, I I also think that was negated. The danger from the guard was negated because his head was ringing, because he was being struck with elbows and punches. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really write Nico Price off either. I think both come out of it very well, but needed my God, frightening individual. Was it an early stoppage? No. No? You think it was bang on? Definitely not. I don't I don't agree with this early stoppage. It should be one too late rather than, or one too early rather than one too late. No, that's fair. You leave that one, one second too long and the guy's injured and then he's out again for maybe a year two years he can't earn money and then one too early there's a story to tell there's a comeback there's all yeah. the other facets that go with that so I think it was a good stop it's so a fair stop what do you do with a guy like Jeff Neal in the welterweight division I, I would have said if Darren Till was around it's a good move for Darren Till mm-hmm. um but I know Till's now, well, the rumours are that Till's going to move up to Middlewood, which I think is a rightful place for him. Um, I mean, what do you do with somebody like Jeff Neal? That's, that's if, you're going to get very few people wanting to face him. Personally, I'd like to see him fight. I'd be happy enough to see him fight the winner or loser of the Vincente Luque-Mike Perry fight. Mike it's coming Perry. up in Uruguay. Oh, Mike now, Perry. I would be... I would be gunning for Mike Perry to win that fight so would I. and then set up the fight with Jeff Neal. I think that would be a really cool fight. I think Perry is an awesome, awesome prospect. I think if he comes away from Luke K with a win and he gets that opportunity to fight Neil, that will be an automatic fight of the night contender. I know we thought about this in Cowboy before. Cowboy kind of stole the party but by taking him down and, and proving that he has a legitimate ground game and we really wanted to see a bloodbath. But I don't think Jeff and he will do the same thing. I think they will throw down and I think we'll see what we all come to expect from both guys. Yeah, just two guys standing and banging. Yeah. But then Nico Price, he's, <clears throat> he wins a couple, loses, wins a couple, loses. What do you do with him? Because he's, he's going to be exciting. He's one of these guys that, you know, I think he's going to be like almost like a Cerrone style fighter if you want to go back a little bit further like a Chris Lytle type yeah. fighter an exciting guy stick him in with somebody like I don't know like um, Bilal Muhammad well it's it's a legitimate name it's something that's you know it's going to give him a little bit of a little bit of credence should he win it I mean I, I don't I think it, that speaks to the depth of that division at the minute that, the fact that somebody like Nico Price is you know trading wins and losses yeah. I think if any other in fact you know what another two organisations on planet earth he would be top four top five Definitely. but then he's now trading wins and losses in, in the UFC so it shows the depth of that division and the welterweight division is on fire in the UFC we have obviously talked earlier on a wee bit about Masvidal burning the whole place down mm. ultimately with those two great wins you have Covington Lawler coming up you have Woodley to come back you have the Woodley Dallas bullshit on the internet at the minute the welterweight division is what is the place to be so moving right along uh, to another feature bout you had Armin Sarukian no one's going to give me credit for pronouncing that no that's fine that's fine check out this one against Olivier Aubert Mercier good good fight Merci I'm very very pleased to see how that fight went down obviously Sarukian was one of the guys that was very well touted Um, again another Russian guy I believe again Dagestani is he another Dagestan fighter I thought he was Georgian Georgian Mm. Um, a guy from that that eastern block that makes me sound very very odd and un- uneducated but coming from that area who has produced phenomenal performances Obama Mercier though again that is one of his better performances I thought I thought he looked, he looked enormous as well it's what may have been one of his better performances but it was a losing effort and he's now on a three fight skid so Sarukin looked look great he fought very intelligently yeah. for somebody that's only 22 years old lost his uh, UFC debut but looked good going forward um, fought very intelligently scored the takedowns when he needed yeah. to done well with the ground dominance worked well on the clinch so I, I expect to see him going on and you know doing, doing something good I don't know like perhaps um, like an Alex Hernandez type fight yeah why you know, not who, who, I mean, who fought Cowboy that would be an yeah, interesting fight would be a very interesting fight but what do you do with Mercier I I always do you cut him after three in a, three in a row? Do you I, cut him? I don't think UFC will cut him. They need a proper Canadian name at the minute. They're kind of running out. Um, obviously, he sells tickets in Canada. The UFC yeah. are going to be making wee trips back up and over the border every now and again. So I do think they'll probably keep him. But how he, I think his next fight is key. If he comes out of his next fight with a loss, I think then he probably will be cut. 
and I don't know where he goes from there because it's hard to it's easier to negotiate with a winning record than it is with a losing record and I don't want to see somebody like him who's a great fighter start to, to go on the slide and then be just jawed out around the UFC I don't think that's fair either so last fight on the main card you had Christoph Jotko versus Marc-Andre Barrio good good a good win for Jotko but essentially a fairly uneventful fight a very very uneventful fight both guys didn't want to pull the trigger it sounds no. terrible but it looked like both guys really didn't want to pull the trigger Barneo uh, again Canadian dude yeah he? yeah yeah he did not seem they, they were talking, talking an awful lot about his boxing skill I didn't see a great deal of boxing skill I was smashing dudes in a Canadian promotion TKO yeah. it just shows the difference in levels once you get to the UFC it is where the premier mixed martial arts play and it, well it's, it's definitely where some of them play yeah. um, I think Jocko as well came out of that a lot better he landed a lot more kicks body kicks he mixed up the fight a wee bit better and I think he was a deserved winner but overall it's a forgettable fight now Jocko has got as high as number 10 in, in the middleweight division he said that he wants a rematch with Uriah Hall now Uriah Hall pieced him up Uriah. is that a fight that you think he should have or is it's you know where do you where do you throw him in what do you do with Christoph Jocko I mean if Uriah Hall is going to continue to fight that's where I would put that I mean there's a story to be told there mm-hmm. Jocko's on the rise again Uriah Hall might be on the, on the slide we don't know that yet I mean some again Uriah Hall's a guy trades wins and losses mm-hmm. so you don't know what Uriah Hall's going to turn up you might get that Uriah Hall the spinning back kick craziness or you might get the Uriah Hall that snores everybody to sleep and I don't think that I think yeah, but you know what I don't, I don't really I, I find myself struggling to like Uriah Hall in the UFC and I think it's because of his inconsistency but I do think that's a good fight for both guys and just to touch briefly on the card that was Brave Combat Federation 24 in London I think we all know where we're going to start with this yeah if you don't you're, you're out of your mind Magic the Magic Man Gerzyski absolutely obliterated Kian Kiley I'm pretty sure that you know Magic has Kian's chin dipped in bronze on his mantelpiece it was a fantastic shot not necessarily a fantastic all round performance and I don't think Magic will mind me saying no, that no I don't think he will no knowing the guy he certainly won't but here just to get this out of the way I cannot help myself he used a wand of a right hand and it was a spellbinding performance <laughs> <laughs> spellbinding performance is almost as if you took that from commentary it, it, it was close it was close when you when I could hear this amazing commentator Brave this ginger guy really really funny guy no no he's not ginger no he's not the other guy, his name escapes me, but as he said, he's just pulled a rabbit out of a hat with that right hand. We are both very lucky to be in a position to say that we have trained with Magic, and yeah. I'm lucky to be in a position to say that I've been in Magic's corner. And I can tell you that he has probably one of the most solid punching games I've seen yeah, in mixed martial arts. And Kian Kali's legit. Kian Kali's one of the greatest, one of the greatest Muay Thai fighters to, to transition to the sport of mixed martial arts. And he was catching Magic with that leg kick. That it's leg a completely kick. different leg kick. It's oh, not an MMA leg kick. It was fast. It's a bona fide Muay Thai leg kick. I do not know how anybody puts up with it. And people, uh, we were discussing this actually off air. We were talking about why didn't he just crush that kick? Why didn't he just defend that kick? What people are calling a checking of the kick, it's not checking it. You're, it still hurts like fuck. It is brutal. You imagine, my description of this is two medieval swords and you clash blades. That's is that a euthanism? That, that's clashing blades. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like a special interest video. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rule with him. Big man likes uh, clashing blades. Yes. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Yes, look at him. I heard he clashes blades on a regular basis. But here, listen, a brilliant performance from Magic. Stunning he's, performance. He's placed himself front and centre as a focal point for Brave. I'd love to see him get signed. I'd love to see him go on and just destroy that division. Touching briefly on the main event, Bubba Jenkins looked absolutely phenomenal. It's probably the best I've ever seen Bubba Jenkins look. Mm-hmm. He opened the fight with a flying knee. This is an NCAA Division One wrestling champion in two, 2011, I believe it was, uh, at, uh, at Arizona State. He opened up with a flying knee, used the flying knee as the setup for his takedown and finished with some devastating ground and pound. The ground and pound that man was able to produce at such a short distance, the uppercuts underneath the, the posting arm. Yeah, beautiful. Frightening. You could hear this crack of that shot and I think that was also exemplified by, by the way that arena was set up there was a lot of room in there mm-hmm. and that shot resonated around you could see his head roll his, it was clever ground and pound because he just didn't go back to that well time after time after time he mixed it up he moved quite comfortably he was able to smother an awful lot of attempts at getting out of that position 
And I'm, I'm ashamed to say it's the first time I've watched Bobby Jenkins, but it definitely will be the last. And Lucas Martins, for those of you that may not know, he wasn't a can. He wasn't a guy that was just cannon fodder for, for Bobby Jenkins. He was a former Brave Combat Federation lightweight champion make, making a move down to 145. So that was a legitimate test. And, you know, we said in the post-fight recap, you know, what's next for Bobby Jenkins? And Nolo Keefe said anything he wants. So potentially he could go down to 135 and challenge there, or he could go up to 155 and challenge there. Stellar performance all round. Absolutely outstanding performance. Unbelievable. A wonderful, wonderful fighter. And I, 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 that put, again, I, I keep, we, we talk about Brave a wee bit, obviously because you're employed by Brave and you're one of the, the voices of Brave, Com- Brave Combat Federation. But I mean, we are seeing now something like Bubba Jenkins being thrust onto the international fight scene, onto yeah. the international map. And people who don't know who he is, people who don't know what Brave Combat Federation is, really need to go and start paying some more attention because that was an outstanding performance, an outstanding card. Cool. And next up, we are going to have a look at the upcoming UFC Fight Night card. All right. UFC on ESPN5 goes down from the Prudential Center in New York, New Jersey on August 3rd, which is actually 8pm Saturday for us in the UK and Ireland on BT Sports. The fight's headlined by Colby Covington taking on Robbie Lawler. Um, that's a fantastic fight, Andy. Brilliant fight. Amazing fight. Now, Colby Covington is ranked number two in the UFC ranking. Robbie Lawler, respectively, ranked at uh, 11, I believe. Both these guys are, are stalwarts now of the UFC Robbie Lawler more so as I can't really remember a time where Robbie Lawler wasn't involved in the fight no, game no I can't remember a time where Robbie Lawler really wasn't knocking around the UFC top 5 either yeah even his time in the likes of Strike Force and everything he was you know he was putting guys away now Colby Covington's currently riding a 6 fight win streak Robbie Lawler's riding a 2 fight losing streak um, what do you see happening in this fight you know is, is it is it Colby Covington wins, gets a title shot? Is it Robbie Lawler wins, gathers a little bit of momentum again? What do you think? I think if Colby Covington wins this fight, he is guaranteed a title shot. I think Colby Covington has created himself this really vile, cringy personality. That's a gimmick, right? It is a total gimmick. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having it. Conor, Conor McGregor, yeah. me, he's made millions out of having a great gimmick. Colby is playing the part, be under no illusion. But I would, and I think that's what have driven people more to Robbie Lawler, wanting mm-hmm. to watch Robbie Lawler, or hopefully iron out Colby Covington. But there is a severe chance here that Covington dominates him on the ground and controls this fight and takes a decision. That would be my prediction for this fight. Although there is obviously that nuclear missile character, that, that X factor, yeah. That when you saw what he did to Askren, which there's an argument that fight should have been stopped, mm-hmm. when the damage he was blasting through Askren, his fights with McDonald, he can't be discounted. And he's a, he is a guy now in his late 30s. Again, I don't think that really plays a great deal into him, unless yeah. there's a lot of injury factors we don't really know about. But Covington is early 30s, he's in his athletic prime, he's an exceptional wrestler, probably behind Askren as the best wrestler in the UFC at this minute in time. Obviously, discounting DC because he's high up and heavyweight. But I do believe if Covington can get his game plan, I don't really agree with game plans, but he can get his round goals right, he can beat Lawler today. I'm going to politely disagree with you and oh, say yes. I think I think Robbie Lawler is going to chin him in the second round. I would love to see it. I think he's going to take a round to kind of figure him out, feel what he's like, mm-hmm. and then Robbie Lawler is going to go in and smash him. Second round TKO, become become a hero for, for, oh. for getting rid of the bad guy. Another interesting wrinkle of this fight, Colby Covington has cordially invited the president of the United States, Donald Trump, to the fight, and I think he's accepted. So, you know. I would love if that happens. Maga, the clean fuck out of that fight, mate. That would be absolutely amazing. So, I, again, if, if Colby has invited the president of the United States along to watch this fight, and that tangerine colored president turns up and watches him get absolutely ironed out by the ruthless one, that will be an absolutely wonderful show. Absolutely great fight. Wonderful fight. One of the best fights I've ever seen. Beautiful fight. Colby Covington, one of the greatest fighters I have ever seen. He's never actually seen him fight. Anyway, moving on to the Comian. The Comian for me. This is a little bit of a throwback fight. I'm really excited about the Comian. You've got Jim Miller taking on Clay Guida. These two guys are Duracell bunnies of MMA. They're, yeah. They're 35 and 37 respectively. They're... Neither guy's going to get a title shot. Neither guy, neither guy's looking at going on, on a title run at the minute. You know, just look at the records. Jim Miller is thirty and thirteen. Clay Guida is thirty five and eighteen. Both on one fight winning streaks, but they're they're renowned for 
the kind of fights they put on. Do you remember Jim Miller when he fought Joe Luzon? Uh, <laughs> as a bloodbath. Amazing fight. But, but again, a really, really technical fight. I mean, that yeah. was an outstanding performance from start to finish from, mm-hmm. from Jim Miller. Don't do, obviously, the other aspect of that was Joe Luzon. Everybody yeah, was of a course. dance partner. He, was a, he fitted that marker straight away. You look at Guida, for, for example, look at his fight. He's been in wars, yeah. Wars. Recent win over AJ Penn. I'm going to pull a fight out of the hat mm-hmm. here. I'm not sure if you remember it. It was UFC 72, Belfast. I was at it. And he fought Tyson Griffin. And he beat Tyson Griffin from what I watched, but yes. he didn't get the decision. Correct, 2007. That was a yeah. fantastic fight. But that, that just shows you how long Clay Guida has been kicking around the UFC, yeah. how long he's been putting on fantastic fights. The man's essentially walking CTE, but right now that doesn't yeah. matter. He's there for our entertainment, long may it continue I, I, and long may he continue because he's a guy who doesn't seem to have suffered any ill effects as yet from the fight you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to be slurring his words he's very articulate when he talks although a bit manic but we all love that because again he's not playing a gimmick but he looks like he's a guy playing a gimmick Yeah, I think he's outstanding and I would love I mean it sounds really I don't want to see a loser from this I really I'm a massive Jim Miller fan I'm a massive Clay Guida fan I don't want to see a loser but I do think it's a good fight for these guys at this stage of their career and you know what it would be nice to see them both put their gloves down in the cage at the end of that they call Clay Guida the carpenter and I would predict oh boom would huh? perfect huh? you like that all like yeah. I, I'm predicting Jim Miller but it's going to be the season I reckon that's going to be a three round war again I reckon both these guys are just going to meet in the middle slug it out in perhaps the most refined way possible yeah. you're going to see a lot of wrestling exchanges mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a great fight for the purest of mixed martial arts I think you could be right there. I, th- I do also think if you're anybody, you ha- cast your mind back to that fight in Belfast in 2007, Clay Guida, in my opinion, scored takedown after takedown after takedown. His fitness is un- unparalleled, really, at this stage in his career. And I, I mean, obviously, we've seen Jim Miller come through war and war and war again. Uh, but I do give Jim Miller the offensive edge on the ground. Yeah, that's fair. And I think if he does get top position, I think he could finish Guida. But getting that top position and maintaining top position on a guy like Guida, I don't think it's going to be very easy. No, that's fair. And we're just going to pay uh, a cursory glance to the other three fights that are on the main card. You've got Joaquin Silva taking on Narat Hakparasat. Uh, I think I've got that right. I've probably butchered it, but uh, it's an interesting one. That's in the lightweight division. Uh, 30 years old is Silva. 23 years old is Nazrat. Uh, 11 and 1 versus 10 and 2 both these guys are you know relatively young in their their UFC careers so be interesting to see how that fight goes down and then a fight that I'm actually quite interested in it's actually two debutant UFC fighters you've got Hannah Goldie taking on uh, Miranda Danger Granger 5 and 0 versus 6 and 0 um Goldie uh, is essentially plus it's just good to see a Goldie in the UFC again hey hey Goldie's uh, four out of five wins they're both undefeated five and oh six and oh as I said four out of Goldie's five wins have come by unanimous decision but then you look at Granger six fights six finishes five first round subs so for me that's going to be an interesting fight and I predict Miranda Granger will win that probably by submission again perhaps uh, perhaps in the second round then moving down to the light heavyweight division Potentially, whoever wins this is in the top 10 because it's in the light heavyweight division. You've got Darko Stoizic versus Kennedy. I'm not even going to attempt his second name. Oh, Nigerian guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Enzek Okuwa. Okuwa. Yeah, I've seen this guy before, but he is absolutely awesome. Yeah, he's he's six foot five, so he's a big guy. Six foot one, or sorry, six and one record, zero and one in the UFC. Um, again, coming off the contender series with it with a nasty head kick. Um, trains out of a fantastic gym in Fortis MMA in Dallas, oh. Texas. If I was to go out on a limb, I would say Kennedy wins that fight. I think, yeah, I think Kennedy's going to take that. I've seen him a wee bit more. I haven't seen the other guy before. To my to my shame, ultimately. Um, but I've you mean you're not a massive Darko Stoizic fan? I know, it's hard to believe, but no, but no, I know, I should be. Maybe after this fight I will be. But that kind of tells the story of where UFC cards are going now. I think that's it's, it's very difficult to keep to keep up to date with literally everything that goes on in the UFC or, or MMA at large, but it seems to be the trend goes, you've got a good main event, a good co-main event, and then, you know, no disrespect to the guys on the card, but then a lot of filler. A lot of filler, yeah, and and maybe they're trying to build guys up. Maybe they're trying to maybe set up somebody rather than just do the usual, which is to toss them in at the deep end, and the, and the bigger of the shark swims to the swims into their own way into their own little pond. Um, I, I'm glad you aren't doing that. I mean, Bellator are bringing guys on a wee bit easier. Look at what's happening to Ireland's own uh, James Gallagher. Yes, yeah. he, he took a step up and he got beat, got super kicked from Shawn Michaels to Doom. I think, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> don't don't get me wrong. I'm a massive James Gallagher fan. I think he's incredibly talented. His next um, fight's going to be difficult though against Cal Pacino. That could be very difficult. But mm. you see what they've done with him is they've moved. They've given him two fights that he has come through, yeah. and then they're stepping him up another level, which I think is a good way of doing it. James Gallagher to me is an incredibly exciting fighter. He's incredibly talented. But in saying that, they threw Pico to the fucking wolves right away. Yes, Pico, they did, Pico was getting the toughest fights. I think they were worried about Pico because Pico again, Pico has was a sparring partner for Miguel Cotton. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. is an outstanding wrestler. His fitness is through the roof, and he switches the guys' lights off. So they were willing to take a chance with him. I think they'll have to bring him back now. Um, but I do also think that with somebody like Gallagher, maybe in the uh, how the UFC are maybe looking at the Bellator model and thinking, well, do we bring guys on along like this rather than just hoping that they survive? Because I don't think survival of the fittest is working at the minute from some people anyway. No, well, happy days. Well, that is our breakdown of the upcoming fight. We're going to do something now just to close the show. Just a, a little bit of fun, a little bit of a giggle. We're going to do a good guy of the week and a bad guy of the week. I'm going to kick it off. And for me, the good guy of the week um, is Ian Gary. Now... I've, I, I I make no bones about it. I love Ian Gary to bits. But a little bit of backstory here. Some of you may have seen the video that went viral. Uh, Ian Gary's grandfather is currently suffering with dementia. His favourite song is Imagine by John Lennon. So Ian went and got the word Imagine tattooed on his arm. And when his grandfather hears the word Imagine, anybody mm-hmm. says Imagine, he begins singing the song. So Ian Gary goes in and shows this tattoo, the new tattoo, to his granda. And his granda starts singing Imagine. And um, fucking hell! It's it's a tight, it's a tightener. Like you see, Ian Gary sitting with his grandfather, just happily singing "Imagine" together, and it's in without getting too convoluted or without getting too contrived in a world where fucking everything's shit for the most part. Yeah, where most people focus on the bad and the light. Yeah. And I mean, we all know bleeds leads and and bad news sells. So, but this seems to be one of the best news to, stories. To see a really heartwarmingly beautiful moment like that, just it, it was it was really really nice. And if if you haven't seen it, please check out Ian's social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Irish Mirror actually published it as well. That's that's good. That's and it's had an, an exorbitant amount of views, which it richly deserves. So p- please, please, please check that out. And a massive shout out to, to yeah. Ian Gary, who not only is a fantastic young mixed martial artist, but is also a damn decent guy. Well, he's just proven himself there to be one of life's good guys and an exceptional fighter. We must get Ian Gary on the show, actually. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Let's see if we can get him on the show or at least get some time with him on the show. Loves a chit-chat, too. Yeah, good. So we wouldn't mind having him on. So Good guy of the week for you, Mr. Burroughs. Good guy of the week for me. That's a very, very difficult one. Um, How can I put this? Good guy of the week. I'm going to go... Actually, he's a good guy of last week and I'm going to go with our own Del Boy Chisora for his performance <laughs> right. against uh, Spilka good guy really do you know right. what Derek's right. been cast in the bad guy role so often and this is why I'm picking him he's been okay. cast in the bad guy role so often it's a role that he plays really really well we talked about the knockout earlier on it was a startling knockout but Derek didn't celebrate Derek went over and checked in on him at the end and also that was discussed in the post fight interview where they said to him basically you've played the bad guy role so well but now you look, you're coming off more as a fan's favourite a fan's yeah. darling and I think he went a good way of doing that and I do like the Del Boy character that he plays and I think that he's he's, he's literally made that his own now and I, I think that for him that's uh, a coming out moment where he's now being made of darling of the fans rather than again the brunt of some jokes or the brunt of some bad publicity and press because it's happened to him so often so good guy of the week for me is Del Boy Chisora no bad guy of the week it's it tells you everything you need to know when bad guy of the week is so much mm-hmm. fucking easier to pick it, it is so much easier to pick for me I'm going to I'm going to go for two I'm going to go for, for Dana White. Just be, choice. Don't get me wrong. What he's done for MMA, absolutely fantastic. But he needs to stop getting on like a fucking 22-year-old frat boy. Just talking shit. And like, I'm, yeah. all for, I'm all for him speaking his mind. And it is refreshing when he's doing it honestly. But when he's talking shit about fighters and like the whole cyborg thing really fucking annoyed yeah. me. No need for any of that. So uh, Dana White, j- just for this week. I won't feel this way next week, but at the minute, go fuck yourself. Um, another one is Eddie Hearn boxing promoter just because of allegedly now I'm using the word allegedly mm. because we don't know the facts allegedly he knew about Derek Chisora's field test and put him in anyway that's shady as fuck and I don't that is shady as fuck and you're placing another man's life in danger exactly I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff so for me just for this week solely this week Dana White Eddie Hearn away and fuck yourselves excellent um, you stole one of mine but I'm still going to use him um, I've only got one and it is Mr. White again that giant baby from he's going to be devastated do you know what I'm sure he's actually crying into his millions as we speak (laughs) mine's slightly different from yours I'm picking him bad guy of the week for his 
unbelievably poor funding of women's mixed martial arts. The amount of money that he paid Felicia Spencer compared to the amount of money A paid Cyborg, but the amount of money that he paid Cyborg compared to other people on that card is a fucking crime. Dana, pull the wallet out. Start paying these people what they're worth. Also, stop being such a sexist prick because you're proving it every time. You're paying the female fighters. You're making the same risk as the guys. You're charging... Uh, Obviously the same ticket price for everybody, yet the females are getting less money. Pull your fucking wallet out, pay these people what they deserve, that's why you're the bad guy that we can meet. And also all the shit you talked about cyborg now, you're, you're putting in a semi-main event, and yet you're not paying these people equal. So Dana, let's get the wallet out, let's pay these girls, let's get them what they want. Happy days. Well Andy, that's uh, that's our first legitimate full podcast on Dustin. It, it is. It's it's quite it's 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 a liberating experience. Folks, if there, if there is any sound glitches, we apologize. We're still working things out here. We're still both not the greatest at technology. So if there's anybody out there who is good at technology wants to jump on board and help us, please drop us an, a, a message at notanotherfightcast.com or, or sorry, not another fightcast uh, at gmail.com and also send us a message on any social media if you can help us out with some sound. We're more than willing to accept any help and criticism. Also, folks, I'm just going to give you a wee bit of a shout of what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to attend Titanic Wrestling, which is a Northern Irish-based professional wrestling uh, school, and I'm going to speak to some of the guys there and hopefully get a few interviews and get them out onto the podcast. So big shout-out to Titanic Wrestling. They have a show coming up in the Wellington Park Hotel in the next couple of weeks, but they have some NXT wrestlers on. So the NXT, if anybody doesn't know, is a WWE developmental when they have got some of the company's biggest wrestlers ever to come out of that. So... Um, these guys have got uh, NXT guys on they've got other top pros on plus it's Northern Irish only wrestling promotion that I know of so I'm going to go and see those guys tomorrow so a big shout out to those guys over at Titanic Wrestling oh yeah I can't wait I'm such a wrestling geek so where can people find you on social media just to close where can people find you on social media where can people find us on social well, we media well can find uh, both of us on Andy's social media on Facebook at Not Another Fightcast and again on Instagram at Not Another Fightcast I am also on Andy's social media at, at the underscore icon 77 and you are on social media at? get me on Instagram at PC underscore commentary that's where I post everything fight related so if you want to keep up to date what's going on with my travels with Brave the commentary I'm doing uh, around the country get on there give us a like give us a share and we can have a wee chat here perfect and and just to bring this to a close folks again if you didn't see the, the Brave card um, I would like you to go on to Brave Combat Federation and again vote for the fight finish of the night I'm biased because obviously Magic's a mate of mine but please have a look at the four contenders for fight of the night and go and give them a little bit of a vote get some interactive it's a good site to follow and it also is a great show to watch look out for UFC at the weekend and hopefully both myself and my broadcast colleague will be back here next week if I can get this sound worked out and also if I can get my artwork sorted and get it back on the, get it up on the iTunes and I'm sure we're missing out on followers I'm sure we're missing out in distance because this is going to be such an awesome podcast so Nothing else to say, Phil. I'm going to, to sign off with a big thank you to everybody who listens. Please like and subscribe. Again, we cannot say how thankful we are for people who want to spend your time listening to both myself and my mate Phil. Just talk, chatting some shit about fighting and MMA. If there's guest suggestions, please send them through to us. I got some lovely guest suggestions today from Mamie Kelly from AK Media. So we'll be looking into getting some of those set up. Again, so if guys and girls want to hear somebody, you want to get a story out there let us know we're more than willing to help out so from from me first of all thank you very much for listening and goodbye hopefully hear from you next week peace love and batman